Hi everyone and welcome to Sensational, the special educational needs podcast, which is brought to you by Witherslack Group. My name is Claire, I'm the events manager for the group and I'll be your host for today's episode. So for any new listeners, our podcast is all about celebrating neurodiversity, strengthening our children's superpowers and empowering parents, carers and professionals with knowledge, advice and support. And today's episode is all about superpowers and how we can really support and empower our children with whatever their unique talents are. So I'm delighted to bring you this episode entitled Superpowering, a Strength-Based Approach to Neurodiversity. And to talk us through our topic today, we have a fantastic expert speaker for you, and that is Sean Duggan, OBE. Sean is the Chief Executive of the NHS Confederation's Mental Health Network, and it's always a real treat to work with Sean and listen to his guidance and knowledge. So welcome to the podcast, Sean. Good afternoon, everybody. Yes, thank you very much, Claire. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. Nice to see you again. So, so now I've given a little small introduction there, but Sean, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work? Yeah, so... so Chief Exec of the uh, Mental Health Network for the NHS Confederation means that uh, all the um, providers of mental health services in the voluntary sector, independent sector and NHS trusts are all part of the um, Mental Health Network and I help support them, uh, influence government on their behalf and support them generally to uh, provide good quality uh, services. I've, um, I've... uh, been in mental health actually for nearly 40 years uh, now and I've o- always focused and had a real uh, particular interest and passion for, passion for children it, yeah. and children and young people to to improve the lives and life chances for children and young people that have got mental health problems or potentially yeah. will have. So and that includes neurodiversity, uh, which we're about to uh, talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, Sean, that we should have like superhero capes on today for this episode just to get into the spirit of the podcast <laughs> title. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll save that for, for the next one. So let's get started on our questions for today. Now, it's a phrase that many may have heard um, before, but as a starting point, can you tell us what is meant by a strength-based approach? Yeah, and, and neurodiversity, we'll, we'll know what neurodiversity is, but it is, it's an, an all-inclusive, it's an umbrella term for people yeah. with disabilities, dyslexia, uh, somebody that's on, uh, got autistic spectrum disorder or ADHD. Uh, there are a number of um, areas that are included in neurodiversity. Neurodiversity itself is a term that I think is a good term because it moves away yeah. It moves away from the disorder, illness uh, type of language to diversity, to something positive, to the person Mm -hmm. thinks differently. um, Often people say their brains are thinking, their wiring is just done differently. And that's differently doesn't mean doesn't mean worse. It doesn't mean weakness. Different means just different. And there and there is strengths and advantages in that. So this is all about the strengths based approach is all about what's the opposite of strengths, but it's weakness, you know, and and Mm. we've always, you know, historically we've got into this point of illnesses and disorders as a weakness. And I'm I'm a great advocate of uh, with 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 um, adversity, with difficulties, there's always optimism, there's always opportunities, there's always breakthroughs to have a better life. And and uh, people with neurodiversity, 
that's a really, really strong point. There are so many options and opportunities and strengths. But it's a mindset. We've all got to get into the mindset that, um, you know, there are real strengths and there are real advantages. And unless we get into the mindset, and I'm not just talking about parents, carers, professionals, I'm also talking about institutions, you know, hospitals. Yeah. Uh, schools everybody, yeah. and, and everybody but it, it it is a positive thing um and it's as i say moving away from weakness to moving um uh, for, from strengths and moving away from a deficit approach to a strength yeah. approach yeah perfect okay so um I guess if we can really focus on indi- it's what we were just talking well what you were just talking about really I guess if we can really focus on individual strengths and positive qualities we are going to be in a really good position to empower our children which you know as we were saying is so important and um, but maybe you can give us a little bit of insight into why a strength-based bro- approach is so important. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly important because I think if, if you don't get into it, you know, you will focus on the weaknesses, the disorders, the disabilities. And, mm-hmm. and that has, you know, that has had some advantages in the past. Uh, at least you can identify where the problems are, what the issues yeah. are. But this is about um, realising the optimum, the, 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 the maximum benefits and opportunities of an individual. And you can really only do that if you break through the things, the hurdles, the things that can block you into the opportunities, the hopes, the aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say a little bit more about about. Um, so, what sort of things are are we talking about, talking about in terms of how does it how do you bring this strength based approach to, to life? Well, I think it's it's the the ability with the individual and the people around the individual to recognise where they can flourish. And, and they yeah, can. just identifying that to begin with. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, identifying that. Um, People with neurodiversity can be very good at listening hard and they can change fast. They can be quite agile. In one sense, you, know, you, might, <laughs> yeah. you, you might say that, well, they can't concentrate and they're too restless. And then, well, actually, there's always the opposite side. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, are, they just think very differently and they can um, absorb lots of information uh, and, and they can be agile and change and they can think things differently for, to the positive. To the positive, um, and because it the, the term diversity uh, means different, and it means um, you know you can be flexible and you can be quite yeah. diverse, and the individual has uh, has the advantage of doing that, which means think differently. It's often said, and it's true, that if we bring out the best of people with neurodiversity, they can be very innovative because they will think things differently. And a lot of us Absolutely, fall into yeah. the trap. A lot of us fall into the trap of. Uh, well, it's done that way. You know, we, we've always done it that way. Somebody with a neurodiversity, they they will think differently, and and let's uh, let's um, and find solutions to things yeah, 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 we, yeah. that we might not, yeah. you know, come yeah. up with because we're yeah. so stuck in our way of thinking. And there's a lot of a lot of research. It's all on on the internet about people with neurodiversity have been very successful, very successful life in companies. And and one of the reasons why they will say and the companies will say is because they do think differently. They challenge yeah. the old school way of doing things. Yeah. And they're prepared to take risks and, and do things uh, differently for the good of the organisation and for themselves. Challenge old habits. Um, and, and often people say that they have a, a people can have a stellar imagination, creativity. You know, that is so important. Um, you know, for children as well, in their own peer groups, in their own families... Um, there's quite a lot of um, 
there's quite a lot of writings about, uh, you know, the neurodiversity within the family. How does a, how does a family manage neurodiversity? Yeah. Uh, and it is really important. Sibling dynamics with brothers and sisters. Um, again, it's recognising that, you know, you can go in, you can say, well, the person's got a disorder, an illness, you know, disability, or the person has got a different way of approaching yeah. things. Different mm-hmm. And if the family can get that... Um, that is that is quite important. So just to you know to, to repeat it really, it's to concentrate on the strengths, not not the weaknesses. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so moving on to our next sort of uh, segment now. So so let's say a child is really gifted when it comes to sports. You know they love the football pitch or the dance studio, um, but perhaps the classroom environment just creates huge barriers for them, and they aren't able to engage in certain subjects. You know, it is wonderful if we can tune into what a child enjoys, like sport or something they're particularly good at. But as parents and carers, it's possible and, you know, probable we still want them to work hard in the classroom to achieve their own potential. That's not to say it should be, you know, where to the level that society thinks they should be at, but just so that they can be proud of themselves um, and their own achievements. Yeah. So what advice would you give to parents and carers in this situation and any strategies that they could try and use to help that child yeah. in the classroom environment? So, so, so the notion of superpower and, and strength base would lead you to say, OK, then let's concentrate and let's enable and empower that child, yeah. young person on the sports field, you know, concentrate mm-hmm. on the things that they're really good at um, and, and spend the time and... Um, you know, because because neurodiversity, people with neurodiversity, you use that you can you can get into the. It really is linked very closely with confidence, self esteem, and how good you feel about yourself. And yeah. by goodness, how incredibly important is that's child development. That's a, a child will develop if they get um, you know positive feedback, and if they do, yeah. they feel self worth. They feel they're doing a good thing. So you know. Um, Excelling on the sports field, well, you, what, well, of course, we would concentrate and support that. And you know, I think we need to, we need to accept that parents. It's it's a tough job being a parent. We always say this. It really yeah. is a tough job, and it, it 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 requires commitment, passion, love. It requires all that, and um, you know, that's natural. You know, we, we mm-hmm. love our children. It'll be natural, but it does require an extra bit of commitment and, and time so if somebody's really good on the sports field that would mean probably more traveling and you know some practical issues but yeah. we really would support it then it leaves well what about the uh, the the education well of course there are so many different levels when we talk about this term and it's very broad neurodiversity so there'll be some mm-hmm. children that will really really struggle with education really mm-hmm. struggle with concentration in the classroom but the, the, there will be others that won't struggle too much and will excel um this is where the concept of superpowering and, and strength base is if that's a culture within the school and within the education yeah. environment then you're more likely to succeed if it's not part of the culture then you've got a situation whereby you as parents and family and extended family will have that approach, but it'll yeah. fall down, it'll go back a bit in the school mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Or the guides, the, the clubs or scouts or whatever it, it might be, youth club. Um, so what we need to do to help you as parents and carers and professionals is to push for this to be adopted as an approach in society. And, we're, you know, we are doing that. You can see it's been 
being extended. You can see it's, it's often it's a term now that's quite often used. The international evidence is interesting. The states uh, are very well versed in this and probably got there before us. New Zealand, Australia, some parts of uh, not so much in the rest of Europe, but some parts of uh, the world. They're they're very advanced in in this concept of superpowering and uh, um, neurodiversity and strength based approach. Uh, so we know it works, um, but you know we have to acknowledge that individual parents and families um, will find it challenging sometimes because it doesn't always not part of the culture in some areas that their child yeah. is trying to flourish in. Well, I think where that is the case, I would say it's all about believing in yourself. This this sort of um, this this sort of approach, you've got to believe in it. It may not be for everybody. There'll be some people yeah. will be rather sceptical. Um, it's like everything else. If you really believe it and the young person believes in it, and when you see when you go onto Young Minds website or just just Google, do some research about this, this mm-hmm. approach, you will see some characters and some very successful people that do believe in it. It's, it's well worth listening to them because they know they've been yeah. through it. They've been through the challenges where they have felt really bad and that the the um, disorder, the uh, label has got in the way and they've worked through it and they've realised mm-hmm. their potential and they're very yeah. successful people. And I think as a parent, going out with young children um, out into this this challenging world, you've got to... You've, Know the know the successful stories. Yeah, gives you great hope and aspiration for the future. So yeah, fantastic, great. Okay, thanks, Sean. So um, as we move on to our to our next question, now you've already mentioned it, but a strength based approach is a mindset, um, and most of us might use it as a bit of a tactic to an extent, even if we aren't consciously doing so. Um, but for families who are really interested in this way of thinking and, you know, can see the benefits, want to bring this ethos further into their own home life, what strategies or building blocks can be put in place, um, you know, and how should they go about embedding this way of thinking into their into their world? I, I think be, be aware that there's still a stigma, there's still prejudices, there's still people uh, very much and, and institutions around that won't see the benefit and will see your young person, child, um, with a set of problems, uh, not, 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 that won't really sort of understand what we're talking about here. I think it's um, the other tip would be be resilient, be very confident. And it is the point I made earlier about, it, you know, do, do a little bit of research, understand, you know, this podcast is helpful, but, but do understand what it means and then I think make the choices to whether you believe it, whether you're committed to this type of yeah. approach, because you have to be you know, put put your heart and soul into it. And um, and you can com- you can overcomplicate things in life. I don't. You can unpick this to be quite a simple thing, which is yeah. concentrate on the positives. You know, and we we always you know we all know that that's quite a positive thing. That's quite a good thing in life. And there's a lot of research that the more positive outlook you have in life. You know, the better it is for your mental health well-being. I, I, w- I will say, while on the subject, that um, families and parents look after yourself. This this is a challenge. Yes, it's, it's not really an easy journey, isn't it? Yeah, this is not an easy journey. We do know that people with a neurodiversity are more likely to have a, a mental health issue as well, like a depression or anxiety. Children, mm-hmm. young people. We do know that the pandemic and the aftermath of the pandemic has been particularly hard on children and young people. It's a whole new level of challenges, hasn't it? It certainly has. And, and not only has it, it's, that's obviously 
uh, you know, created more of a challenge for parents and families as well. So we do know that. So look after yourself. Yeah. And I'll say one thing before I forget it is it, it's not directly relevant, but one of the things we are um, we're, we're worried about going forward with pressures on families and, and parents and, and, and families as a unit is the cost, cost of living, um, yeah. pressures on the cost of living. There is uh, very much uh, correlation between uh, poor mental health and going into debt. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when a recession hits, when there's real pressure on family budgets, which there is now and isn't going to get any better short term, uh, again, families, just look after yourselves look after your extended families Um, and children and young people get affected by this. You know, they get affected by the dynamics of it because there'd be more stress around, you know, but uh, to do what you can to try. And there's lots of advice and help around sort of managing finances at this difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, moving on to our next question now, I wonder if you could share with us some experiences um, that you've either seen in your work or heard about in your work by using a strength-based approach has made a real difference to, to individuals? Yeah, I, I always, when I um, do, do some podcasts on um, uh, mental health, children and young people, I invariably talk about uh, a couple of organisations, charities, that are yeah. really, mm-hmm. really good. And the one that I often uh, come back to is, is Young Minds. Um, so Young Minds cover children, young people with mental health problems, including um, people with children with learning disabilities and uh, ADHD and autistic spectrum uh, disorder uh, and, and you know, the, the term neurodiversity mm-hmm. we're using. They do cover that. Um, get on the If you go onto the website uh, and just put in um, neurodiversity or autism or whatever, uh, probably um, autistic spectrum disorder, you, you will get... And what's really powerful is, is cases of young people um, sort of ranging from about the age of 10 up to 20, 30, right, whereby people tell their own story about yeah. neurodiversity. And that's so powerful as well when it's their own personal journey really as well. It really is. And there's some really heartwarming, lifting stories yeah. there, people that have struggled but have gone through it, worked hard on, like the things we were saying, you know, um, identifying the good your strengths identifying what you're good at um mm. the family can help with that and school helps with that all the better and, and then how you can break through and concentrating on your strengths and your positive attributes in life your skills and competencies amazing things can happen there's a chap called nick jones who is a very very successful club owner in 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 and around london He's a multi-billionaire and he had dyslexia and uh, various problems when he was young and growing up. And he tells a really interesting story about how actually, as he describes it, the wiring of his brain is slightly different. He thought differently. He'd go into, when he was building uh, his club empire, you know, he'd go into a room which might not look like a potential for a club and he'd have the ability to absorb information really quickly yeah. Uh, see things that people without neurodiversity wouldn't that they wouldn't see it, and he would be able to you know transform that room into success. Have the vision for it, sort of thing, and have the vision, and just think differently and get over yeah. some obstacles. It's a really, really uh, powerful story. And there's a 
There's somebody called Elaine Halligan, a woman called Elaine Halligan, who's got, I think, two children with uh, neurodiversity and one child with ADHD. She tells a story about being on a train and the boy starts, um, the young uh, lad starts to kick his legs and won't stop. And uh, unfortunately, he's kicking the legs of a a woman uh, opposite. And um, uh, the Elaine keeps saying, don't do it, don't do it. And the more she says, don't do it, uh, it, it didn't work, and, and, and the worse it got. Yeah. And then there was the woman started to tut, and, um, you know, I suppose understandably to an extent, um, but there wasn't a sort of a positive interaction, and uh, uh, it, it wasn't handled well by everybody. And then the woman yeah. started to get quite cross. She tells the story rather well, and then um, uh, it got very tense in the train compartment, and Elaine decided to say, look, my child is not a problem. Um, he's having a problem at the moment. So this is the thing about neurodiversity. You will get problems with environments. Young yes. children will get um, a problem with the environment that they're in. It's not them that's a problem. The whole thing about strength space is it's not a problem. It's a solution. They will work. They will have success yeah. and uh, they will have good good skills in life. Um, but at that stage, there was a problem with that environment and, and the way it was being dealt with uh, escalated the problem and she then she basically said um, that my child's got uh, he's on the autistic spectrum disorder, uh, and um, uh, there was a discussion, uh, two sets at one supporting the woman, but that was in a minority, uh, uh, and uh, most of them were very supportive of Elaine, the mother, and and the child. Oh, and somebody it's good to hear that chap they came over who the, had. Yeah, it's good to hear the majority were more supportive yeah. of the the mom and the child. M- yeah, much more supportive and and. and uh, and a father came along, diffused the situation. They got off at the appropriate station <clears throat> and it was OK. And it was just a sort of a heartwarming story about just speaking up for your child yeah. um, and, um, you, you know, and, 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 and challenging the status quo. It is hard for parents. And as I say, if you, you know, this model is very good. It's better if you're working in an, in an, in an area where, in, in society, where there's more buy-in to it. Which yes, is why we're having the podcast. Why, why with the Slack uh, embrace this model um, and and let's keep going with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about resilience now. You know, I often hear people say how resilient children are, um, and I think I probably said it quite a lot as well. It sometimes like it do, it does bother me saying it though because and, and I, don't, I don't know the reason why but I've said it yeah it does bother me the term anyway um but what about resilience and how does this link to what we are talking about today yeah the way I think it links is is um resilience is a positive term like okay like like strength based approach like s- strength you know like superpowers positive um so resilience is about uh, strategies, managing uh, anxiety, managing no, stress, managing um, frustration, managing anger, you know, ma- managing things that can hold you back in life. And, and it's linked to uh, self-esteem, confidence and all the, yeah. all the things that you need to, to cope in life because it is hard work. <laughs> life can yeah. be very, very hard. So resilience is positive. I mean, well, I think what we, you know, for many years, we still do. We talk about depression, anxiety. We talk about child mental health issues. You know, we do. We talk about it all the time. Um, there's a, a body of opinion that actually talk less about that, talk more about 
building up the resilience of the child. And at the biggest component of resilience is love, security, love. You know, and I often yeah. say, you know, shower your children with love. Um, when, when, when the chips are down, pressure's on, money's tight, your busy lives, working, it's hard. You know, of course you love yeah. your children, but it's hard to shower the whole time with love. Yeah. You need a bit of give and take. And when you've got somebody with neurodiversity and they're not having a good day, you know, you probably don't get a lot of take. It's all give. But yeah. as a parent, you know, um, sometimes short-term uh, commitment to it gets huge uh, bonuses back. So resilience is about helping your child have those strategies to cope with life and manage the sort of negative emotions that can come our way with anger, frustration. And, and these sort of um, these sort of emotions and feelings are, you know, they, they, they come out with, some, with people with neurodiversity as well. So you've got yeah. to be vigilant on that. But I think resilience is the right approach because um, it says that um, we can cope, we can manage. And uh, yeah. the concept of the superpower, the concept of strength-based approach is, that, uh, as I said right at the beginning, we can overcome. We can, whatever, whatever the situation is, um, what we want to do is get the best out of the individual, the child and the yeah. other. You know, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so moving on. You know, while we have been busy building up our child's self-esteem, strengthening their superpowers by using this approach we've been talking about. Can you tell us um, who else has a role to play in this and who we can look to for support? Yeah, I mean, I've just really thought of this because I always, part of my job is to influence government. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, government have a, government have a responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, government have a responsibility. Um, and there are, you know, there's a health department, there's a department of social care, um, we've really got to, to, to prioritise children and young people. And sad to say, we haven't done in the past. I often tell the story that when I first managed mental health services for, for the NHS, um, the amount of investment going into child and adolescent mental health services was scandalous. It was a very small mm. amount. It's better now. We're starting to pump some money into it. So I think, I think it's everybody's responsibility. Um, and it's got to come from the top. It's got to come from government, so education department, and that means schools. That means yeah. that means regional uh, authorities that manage schools, um, and it, it, and then and obviously it means the NHS and social care. These are really important organisations, and we all want you know the best health and well-being for our children, young and young people. If we let things go and we don't uh, prioritise this, then there's much more chance that people will get unwell that the conditions neurodiversity will lead to worsening of mental health well-being <clears throat> and, and then of course you know we, we get more dependency on the state if you intervene early you you build up strength-based approach build up the resilience then you're more likely to offset any further problems in life yeah. you know and 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 realize the stories that we were talking about earlier there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, about uh, people with neurodiversity being entrepreneurs because they think they, they do things differently. They think yeah. differently. They react differently. And they, they concentrate on their creativity and their innovation. I mean, what's not to love about that? It's fantastic. Yeah. So we've all got our responsibility to do that. Then it means employers. I think it's really important that when you move through schools, universities, universities and higher education have a really big responsibility. I'm glad to say 
that most uh, 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 are ch- um, rising to the challenge. But you know, universities now have education. They're looking at mental health issues uh, for their institutions, for the universities of higher education, and that should and would include uh, people with neurodiversity. Um, and then employers, that the world of work. Um, you know, it, it's important for people with um, a neurodiverse problem or a mental health problem to be able to work to their best ability and their skills. And that might mean more flexibility. That might yeah. mean more support in certain times. You know, a, a couple of days off here and a couple of days off there uh, isn't a problem if the productivity, you know, you get in the long term, which you do if you manage it right. Yeah. You do. So employers have a huge responsibility as well. The, the, the issue, the, the notion of um, supercharging and, and strength space, it's a culture. Uh, and we know, how dif- we know how difficult cultures are to change. But again, I look at with a slack, they, they, they're, they're, they're very supportive of this model. Um, and they've um, developed a culture whereby we see the benefits of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, So following on from that last question, and I think it probably is a real tricky one, and that's talking about school environments. Everyone's school experiences are really different, aren't they? Um, And schools across the country have different values. Um, But can you offer any advice on how families can encourage their child's school to adopt this way of thinking if they aren't doing so already. Yeah, I, I, I always think I think that, um, I, I always think that approach this. Um, if you're approaching uh, something, you're advocating for your your child and your young person with love and affection, and you have that at the heart of it. Um, you don't is really important. That's the first thing because the school, uh, ha, you know, has to have the child's well-being and uh, education and potential at the heart. So, so we're yeah. at one here, you know. The, 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 lo- the logic is we're at one. We don't need to be fighting. And I think where you've got parents going in and saying, well, you know, you're not, you're not using this model and, and they, they're sort of um, hostile about the, about the school uh, and they get into a, a negative dialogue, it doesn't work so well. Sometimes no. you have to be assertive, obviously, um, but you come from the position of loving your child, wanting the best for your child. That's what a school wants as well. Um, frankly, a lot of people don't get it, but yeah. keep it simple. Keep the concept quite simple. What we're trying to do here is concentrate on what my child is good at, what the strengths are. And, of course, it's, it, there's a full range. There's a full range. It might be he, might be he or she might be so disruptive in the class that it's not working very well. Well, the school has a responsibility to work out yeah. what, what does that mean? Do we need an extra teaching assistant or need some some help? Or, I mean, I, my, um, one of my granddaughters has got cerebral palsy and um, has needed um, some splints and a wheelchair's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and, and uh, what, what the school are brilliant at doing is just talking to the children. One of the teachers went to get a, a book about cerebral palsy and a splint in a wheelchair and just talked it through with the class. Yeah. And, of course, what happened is that they were inclusive. They were perfectly all right. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't anything particularly special about it. It's, it's about the school's approach. Um, and, again, it's a cultural thing. And if it's from the top, 
But your question was about what do parents do? Well, I think it, the tone of how you negotiate, um, the fact that you're here about advocating for your for your child, accepting that there's some challenges within the schools, and and lastly, how can I help? You know, how can I as a parent yeah. help with this? It might be helping with the journey of awareness, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to teach people what this is all about. Um, and there's a there's a d- degree of fear, isn't there, with if people don't so, understand yeah. autism, yeah, ADHD, these terms can be quite, oh, my God, what does that mean, you know? Uh, and people can get quite fearful. Is to bring it down to the, the level, the basic level of this is a lovely child who's got some great strengths and skills, and what we want to do is try and concentrate and bring those out. The more yeah. we can do that together, the better it is. But we must not underestimate the challenge for parents. It is quite tough. Where you've got the culture, where you've got this model ingrained, then it's not a problem. It shouldn't be a problem. Where it's not ingrained, it's not part of the culture, it is more of a challenge. But what I was was saying at the beginning, you've got to fundamentally believe it in in your hearts, yourself. You fundamentally believe it's right for your child. Then you will keep going. You know, you will keep... Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, So... What should we do when everything we've talked about today doesn't go to plan? Because, you know, life is yeah, life, isn't no, it? Exactly. And, yeah, and these things, you know, don't always go the way we want them to. Yeah. So, you know, the netball team your child's been going to because they love sports, really helping to boost their confidence and things like that. But, you know, on this on this occasion, the team didn't win. The child comes home distraught. They didn't get the ball in the, in the net or they missed the important pass, yeah. whatever. Um, and now they think they've failed and that their superpower isn't so super anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how can we turn that situation around? I think the, the first thing is, you know, it, we're going to have days out there. Where of course, we, we yeah. We have yeah. a lot of days. And it's accepting that sometimes as well. Is that like it just doesn't always go to plan? It really is accepting it. We might have weeks like it. And, and um, yeah. the, the, what the child will be looking to, of course, is... You know, I think probably one of the worst reactions will be, <laughs> you're quite right, is is, is hopeless, you know. Um, yeah. You know, that, and we do, we fall into that trap sometimes. So step aside, the importance of looking after yourself. If you're, if you're at the end of your tether, you're working really hard and, um, you know, there's so many challenges in life. Um, we've only just come out of the pandemic. We've got a war on, we've got a recession coming. You know, things are tough. It's hard on you. So accepting that it's hard on you, but, you know, as parents, we want to step back. Um, the whole thing about this strength-based approach is, uh, yes, of course, you've lost a match, you know. Uh, and, and it's about expectations and reality of it. You're going to lose matches. You might yeah. lose more. Um, and let's just remind ourselves of the strengths. So that's the approach, isn't it? It's identifying, reminding your child what you're good at. So if you happen to be at the match, you lost the match, but actually some parts of the well, match well. played really well. It's picking those bits out. Um, it is a correlation between that and, and self-esteem and worth. How worth worth um, you know worthlessness is an is a, is a really this thing we've got to, uh, children can slip into. We can all slip into, and and it links to self-esteem. We want to try and tackle that. So yeah. you know, concentrate on the positives of the match, the before and after, other matches, other times when we've been very successful, um, and at the end of the day, it is about the softer. Most important things is just love your child, and you know, and the, the importance of communication. Of course, listening. Yeah. We, we we think we listen to children. Sometimes we don't. You know, how often do you see families these days out for a meal? And they're all on their phones. 
yeah. know, every single one of the family is is on the phone. Now that might be for that moment might be okay, but the importance of spending time, quality um. time with the child. It, we talk about this all the time, and and it and um, you know because the most important relationship in life is child and parents. You know that the family most important. Yeah. That's your protective factor. It's the family, and as a parent. You know, we have the responsibility, don't we, as a parent, is to try and make sure that that is the supportive, loving family. And then people will flourish. No, what, more, yeah. no matter what you got, no matter what neuro disability you have, you will flourish mm. to the best. Yeah. Brilliant. OK, so finally, what are your top tips for superpowering and a strength-based approach? Yes, it, I mean, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a lovely term. I think... My top tips would be the first thing to do is work it out yourself. Do you believe in this? You know? Yeah. And um, I'd urge people to, because as I say, it's not complex. It's simple. It's moving away from deficits, weaknesses, disorders, illnesses, accepting that there is, you know, that, that there are um, obviously problems with with a label such as neurodiversity. But there are huge strengths, opportunities, hopes and aspirations. And that's what we need to latch on to. So that's the first thing is, is believe yeah. in it and have a heart for it. And uh, once you're committed to it, then, of course, you, you're going to have more um, fruitful conversations with your, your child. I'd say look after yourself. It's really important because, you know, all the stuff that we've talked about, responsibility of a parent, you know, if you're not feeling too good yourself, you'll do it to, less efficiently. But if you everything becomes hard yeah, yeah, yeah. then as well. Yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. And and, and then I think it's about um, playing your role as a parent and advocate to to um, get other people to understand the model. I mean, the very great benefit is that, you know, you've got a social network. You've got your family, your extended family, your families and friends who all love your children, uh, no matter what, Um in of course, in the main. Uh, so it's getting them to accept it and understand it, and don't make it too complicated. It doesn't have to be too. That these medical terms of uh, ADHD and autistic spectrum sort of they're complicated enough. This is yeah. simplifying it. It's cutting through all that complication, which is important, but it is simplifying it and concentrating on the on the strengths and competencies and the good things about your child going forward. So that would be my. My top tips, Claire. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was brilliant, Sean. Some really positive conversations there, some really positive thoughts, and hopefully some really good food for thought for our listeners today on things they might want to take forward themselves. And so that just about brings us to the end of the podcast. I'd like to say a massive thank you to Sean for your time today. It's always lovely chatting to you. Um, and to our listeners, you know, if you've enjoyed listening today, you might also want to check out the other resources we have on the Slack Group website. There's a huge amount of support materials on there covering a range of topics, ADHD, autism, mental health, and also some stuff on there about the education, health and care plans as well. So if anyone wants to have a little look at the website, it's withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash resources. Um, so a massive thank you once again to Sean and to our listeners. And we hope to see you on another episode of Sensational in the future. So bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you.